Hi everyone, welcome to the Living La Vita Loca podcast, a retro gaming podcast for some of your retro gamer needs. My name is Faz. And I just turn up. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Turnup. Mr. Turnup. Mr. Turnover. <laughs> Speaking of apple turnovers, I have an nice. apple, I, I know, I've got an apple flavoured drink tonight and we're, we're drinking beer for the first time, although it'll be like one because... I could barely walk today, and I'm like, just, you know, beer probably won't do us any good. But anyway, we are on the Wild Child Brewery, which we featured on one of our previous podcasts, possibly. Um, it's, I always think it's like kind of my favourite brewery, still sort of is. They do some just excellent different flavoured stouts and porters. Um, a lot, they do different IPAs as well, but a lot of the dark beers are where it's at. So um, I have got a toffee apple porter called Viridian Disguisement. Which, you know, it, I don't know what that means, but okay. I mean, anyway, so yeah, I hope it tastes good. What about you, Rich? <laughs> um, what about you, Mr. Turnover? I have a sticky toffee milk stout and it's really nice. Oh, <laughs> excellent. I'm so glad to hear that. So yeah, we're having some nice, lovely, quaffable, as Rich it's would say. Very quaffable. Very quaffable beers. Arguably um, too quaffable. <laughs> Is there such a thing? Mm. <laughs> Quaff naughty. <laughs> mm. I think that oh, that's good. The problem yeah. is that I've, I've probably spoiled my flavouring. That is because I've got like all this oil like rubbed into my moustache, just sort of help me breathe <laughs> for like during the summer months and summer months, winter summer months. months, summer months, wow. the winter months, and yeah. So and everything just smells and tastes like all this oil. That does actually it's taste t- like. Apple, I, so I can fine. smell the appleness of that from over here. All right, here. okay, that's good like, then. That's, I yeah. thought you, were gonna, you can smell my moustache from no, over no, here. No, no, I can definitely smell the apple of your beer over the oil of your moustache. The, <laughs> the apple. What have we your... become? <laughs> What's happened to us, man? The, the odd couple. Oh, they laugh, they sing, they joke. sing. <laughs> <laughs> if only we would. This is a retro gaming podcast, so it's okay. For some of your gaming. <laughs> oh, that was uh... good. It's pan- it is pantomime season. No, so. it isn't. Oh, uh... yes, it is. So, it, it's uh... pan- <laughs> Jesus. Fucking uh... hate Christmas. <laughs> I love Christmas. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> I mean, you look like you're prepping to be Santa now. Yeah, you know, 40 years too early. (laughs) You know, when, um, just in the Santa Claus, when Tim Allen turns into Santa Claus, that's kind of, it's just like, I I haven't been bestowed with any, bestowed? (laughs) Bestowed with any magical powers to become Santa. I'm just, I'm trying to, (laughs) you know, like, wish it. Achieve it it through the beard. Exactly, yeah, yeah, wish it to be true. Oh, Santa, it smells like Orbisol now. Like, yeah, oh, well, yeah, it could be know, worse. Rub it all over my white beard. So. <laughs> Bellowed Santa. <laughs> anyway, uh, so super uber special episodes coming up. One of these right now and one next week, which we will definitely film within the next two hours <laughs> for next week. Uh, this one we're very excited about. And also the next one. But this one, super excited about. We are reviewing a bookazine. It's like Radio 4 over here. Yeah. It's like, you know, chipping forecast again. And, you know, we, we're going to be, you know, reviewing books. I never thought I'd review a, a ma- well, it's a magazine really about gaming. Yeah, but, just a big one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe I did think I was going to do that at some point. So no game reviews this week. It is just, we're kind of reviewing the bookazine, but also using it to, um, I guess, what evolve some conversations that we would already have anyway. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that we've kind of touched on a couple of times over the past however many months. Mm. Um, so we're just kind of using it as a as a bit of a crutch, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank <laughs> to you. To steer the conversation. Thank you, crutch. So uh, Retro Gamer is our magazine of choice, which would shock nobody, I guess, really. Nope. Um, and this is one of their specials. I think it was released this year. Um, let me just see. It just says first edition printed in the UK. Now, one thing I noticed, it says twelve ninety nine on the bookazine, yeah. but they charge fifteen pounds for this online. <laughs> I know, so it's like you pay more to. But then I think you, do you pay for delivery? Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's included in it. But um, yeah, so me and Rich went halfsies on that because mm. we're poor uh, <laughs> and we spend all our money on actual games. 
so, but 132 pages of pocket power. That probably sold it to us in terms of the actual, uh, you know, title is the handheld gaming collection, which is what you know drew us to it really. And it was nice that the, this came out at the same time that we started a podcast about handheld gaming. Yeah, really. pretty convenient. Yeah, I know. Well done, retro gamer. If only you would answer our letters. Yeah, it's still a sore point, but it's fine. It's my fault for asking inane questions. <laughs> Good. Do you think we could send them this podcast in in a letter? No. <laughs> I mean, I could, we could try and type it out. <laughs> Do them a transcript. Imagine typing um, out the start of this podcast. Oh, yeah, Santa, you smell. Yeah. You're drunk. <laughs> great. So we're gonna. We're not just gonna obviously read this like you know some sort of reading. <laughs> Page some, one. Yeah, some sort of weird festive reading, but we are gonna use it as a crutch and kind of go through a little bit of what these guys talk about. And I think that. Probably the the main question we'll probably start off with and then come back to at the end, I think, is almost, um, I guess, greatest handhelds of all time. Um, we, who are we to say, especially since I've not played them all, who are we to say <laughs> what the greatest handheld of all time is? We are just two mere men, like, you know, drinking our flavoured stuff. In a spare room on a Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> but It's all totally fine. But we're going to fucking do it anyway, so... <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah. here now. <laughs> yeah, we're here. So, uh, what what was your thoughts and feelings about the first sort of article in this bookazine, which is all about, it's like it's called Clash of the Handheld, yeah. and they talk about all the different um, positives and negatives of all these different handheld consoles that we've had over the years. Um, and then we'll get into a few of the sort of articles after that as well. But I just want to point out what, um, what rankings were given mm-hmm. effectively by retro gamer without them they didn't put any numbers on it because i don't think they expected people to do this <laughs> necessarily <laughs> to, to, to count it and rank it but uh looking at the actual um things that they've ranked per handheld uh battery life ergonomics which is a lovely word for mm-hmm. fitting around the a feels. human yeah, yeah how, how does it feel uh, yeah, like, to yeah. hold support which i guess is the gaming software support Tech, which is very wide and nebulous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, impact. So, you know, obviously I think that that's quite straightforward. How hard it hits you and how much it hurts. Exactly, When yeah. someone throws in, it at you. In the cultures. Yep. Uh, and screen. So what does screen look like? Which I feels like a very sort of like, surely that's just tech. <laughs> is that not a tech bit? Yeah, I mean, arguably. But then I guess because they are screens with buttons yeah it's kind of it's it is an important bit of it but at the same time it does feel like you know anything past a certain age is just going to take an absolute kicking yeah. <laughs> on that front but i don't think it actually does that isn't so um so the, each of those um what do we call them categories uh, categories I thank guess. you very much yeah. Uh, yeah categories Um they scored them out of 10 and so i counted them up because they're just little bars but i thought well actually i'm gonna we're gonna put an arbitrary number on this and see which of these handhelds comes out on top. Uh, so just to kind of list the handhelds that are here, because otherwise, you know, this is very much an audio podcast, but Game Boy, Microvision, I didn't even know what that was, and now I do, uh, Neo Geo Pocket, Game Boy Color, Game Gear, the PSP, uh, what else have we got in here? The Wonderswan Color, that was only released in Japan, I believe, uh, Engage, the Nokia phone, come handheld which I, I had my hands on a couple of times a gp32 don't know what that is uh <laughs> the, P, the ps vita hey the nintendo ds the Lynx, the supervision the pokemon mini hmm. is that a, what now it was basically it, a tamagotchi it? yeah i think so yeah the nomad the 3ds uh, what else we got in here? The Gizmondo. Never heard of one of those before? Uh, I have, yeah. Never played one, but no? I have heard of them. Yeah. Um, the Game.com, which I'm eager to talk about a little bit later on. <laughs> the Turbo Express, which just sounds like some sort of weed, or... I would bloody love a Turbo Express. <laughs> I would. <laughs> uh, and then Neo Geo Pocket, Colour, and Game Boy Advance. So they are the combatants, if you will, in the Clash of the Handhelds. So... Because of some of those are shite, and we don't want to go into loads of detail about it, I just kind of took anything that scored uh, over, so 40 out of 60. So there were six categories. Uh, they scored 10, up to 10 each. Mm-hmm. Those six categories, so you got 60. And so anything scored over 40, including our top rankings of 
uh, scores. So, uh, looking at the scores then, uh, coming in last place out of all those, out of the best ones, the last best ones, <laughs> uh, joint last best is the Neo Geo and the Nintendo 3DS. Then, fatefully for Rich, the PS Vita with 42 right, out of 60. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes it is. And then the PSP, 44 out of 60. So two marks more for the PSP than the PS Vita. Just note, just chalk that <laughs> one up, just a little little note there. Uh, and, uh, coming at 45 in second place, oh no, third place, can't count, nope. <laughs> the, the Game Boy Advance. Then at 46 out of 60, the Nintendo DS. And then at 47 out of 60, the best handheld ever, according to Retro Gamer and their bookazine, without them ranking it, but we're ranking it, is the Game Boy by Nintendo. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about all that jazz? How do I feel? Um, I think having the Game Boy up at the top makes sense, um, largely because of the impact. Um, yes, they scored ten out of ten for the impact. Yeah, they? I think, um, and it's it's a comprehensive list of what they've got in here. But the thing is that I think as soon as you um, start going through this, you know, like the Gamecom that you've just um, flicked past there, like I think when you start going down this kind of route, you're always going to get people to go, oh, but what about this or what about that? And like, so I <laughs> sounds like us, uh, doesn't it? <laughs> but I distinctly remember <laughs> that my. Um, my, That's from episode seven. Oh. My uh, my games. My <laughs> granddad had um, this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Going yeah, my granddad had a, a handheld that he let me um, use a few times. That, Holy shit! Um, what's going on? Had like um, a, a screen built into a cartridge, um, and it was called a Game Child. Mm. Um, and so, did he make it himself? Out of I wood don't think so. Clay. Um, but you know, someone made it. And so if the Gamecom, Game.com, is in here, like, I know that was, like, what, Tiger or something? Like, one of the big toy yeah. manufacturers. Um, but it just seems like, you know, you could potentially go down this huge route of the, these, like, um, LCD-screened monstrosities and just get lost forever. Yeah. You know, like, all those fucking... Um, in fact, was it Tiger again that used to do yeah. the ones? Like, the single game in a, in a handheld type yeah. things, like, yeah, yeah. in the 90s and yeah. that? Um, so... I, I get you have to draw a line somewhere, is my point. Um, I think the the stuff they cover makes sense. It did really make me want a Turbo Express and a Sega Nomad. Again, mm. the, these are things that pop Again. up. Again? No, own... as in I want them occasionally. Oh, right, okay. Um, and then it will kind of subside for a couple of years, and then I really want one again. And yeah. You know, they're just more expensive that time. Um, so, it, it, yeah. It, it, it is really, like, sort of, provocative evocative something anyway the vocatives um it's one of those in terms of how it makes me feel towards wanting a handheld like you know like a, a retro handheld such as even just having a, a game i've got a, i have got a game boy pocket but to have an old bricky game boy in my hand again <laughs> i never owned one but certainly my, one of my cousins owned one and um i think my uncle as well like and and the the sheer when you talk about impact, I mm. think of if I threw it at somebody, the impact it would have upon them. You would know about. You it. would know about yes, it. The impact you? would be great. Uh, and just looking at the one of the articles on the Game Boy, and it, it talks about uh, the best twenty five Game Boy games of all time. Uh, and speaking of, of bricks, um, it's probably no surprise that Tetris mm. comes in there at number one. Um, and I think this was voted for by the readers of Retro Gamer. Uh, and that kind of sh shocks me a little bit because I understand, but I feel like they definitely lean on that impact thing. And I know it was packaged in with the Game Boy, and maybe this is me showing my youth, if you will. But mm -hmm. like, I guess that it's such a simple concept of a game. And I went back and played on the Switch on the Game Boy Virtual Room Boy thing, whatever it's called, on the <laughs> Switch. Like, is it? And played some Tetris the other day just to kind of see. You know, is this as catchy now for me on a Switch playing Tetris again? It was fine. Like, I found myself playing Tetris. That's... <laughs> to put it bluntly, like, I didn't find myself feeling a lot about it, though. I didn't find myself thinking, at one point, I imagine this will have been the best game I've ever played on a handheld console. 
I think um, that would be Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, but that, I think that is showing your youth because, yeah. like, what well, like the Game Boy was kind of on on its way out, wasn't it, was, it when Pokemon yeah. came out? So, like, if you were there at launch playing something as accomplished as Tetris, I was one year old when Tetris see? came out. And how old were you when Pokemon came out? Uh, I guess seven or eight. I guess and probably like nine or in fact. It was it was it ninety nine. It came over to the UK, so like yeah, the Western world. So it's probably like I'll have been, you know, like nearly eleven. Yes, yeah, yeah. So so better know, at games than when I was one year old. Yeah, potentially. Who knows how good I was at Tetris at one? But the the thing, the point I'm trying to to get at, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> is the fact that if you had like if you had played something eleven years prior, Tetris would have been mind blowing. Um, but also. It's that kind of fact that it's the same console. <laughs> yeah, that eleven is, years later. Yeah, that is wild, isn't it? Um, which, which is yeah, um, wild. And and there it was, you know, standing, <laughs> standing strong still. Yeah. Um, and then off the back of Pokemon coming out, you have the the variant, you know, like the Game Boy Pocket and color and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think for. Um, Again, it, it comes back around to impact. I think it, it speaks to the Game Boy's strengths, but also mm. I, I, I genuinely think that they are right with Tetris. Mm. Um, okay. And because like it, basically anybody could play it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and true. play it for as long or as short a time as you as you fancy. I saw an advert recently, like as recently as about twelve hours ago, that it sort of must have targeted me on Instagram. That I must have mentioned the word Tetris out loud at some point, <laughs> and um, it was a actual physical game of, um, I guess, a stand that was uh, balanced very delicately upon another plastic stand. Yeah, and you used Tetris bricks to build a pattern upon it, and each person would take a turn, and mm-hmm. then that would then cause this stand to fall if obviously you did it wrong it's just general you know board game balancing game but the fact that the tetris blocks were there and very clearly it was a game of tetris effectively just not named tetris yeah to see that in 2023 and you know like obviously yeah. the adverts there going ha, 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 what a great time we're having playing this and i was like you are having a great time i see it <laughs> but i mean you can get like lamps and stuff like that the, yeah. the, the tetris blocks and stuff like that like it it's considering how simple uh, a concept and a game it is um to have that much kind of mainstream cut through mm-hmm. is, is crazy mm-hmm. and in terms of then i guess kind of firing back a little bit earlier than tetris then um and there was some things in here that i i learned a lot from reading this that mm-hmm. is in so i became i think um a better um observer of gaming through just reading this 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 one. You're going to say a better magazine. person for yeah. some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. It really changed me. <laughs> um, what it changed me to rem- <laughs> to remember is how much I fucking love Mister Game and Watch when I'm playing with him, Smash oh, Brothers, God. and I didn't realize how many Game and Watch consoles there were of physical single few. games. Like, mm. isn't like you know, like it's just weird that you don't even sometimes you just don't what interact with a certain part of the gaming world and that is one of them for me is almost that i just didn't even realize that was a thing and i just knew that everyone was like oh the first sort of handheld thing was a game and watch but i was under the impression there was maybe like two or three of them like not was it it's like ridiculous it's a big number and like it's i again i think it's showing our youth yeah relatively because um you know, there, there's quite a lot of this stuff where it's just it, it feels like an unknown, and I am I am lucky enough to have one of these game and watches um, ah. somewhere. So like, I've got a Donkey Kong one, um, and it's really really odd to pick it up <laughs> right and and realize how simultaneously how far Nintendo's consoles and, and handhelds have come, but simultaneously actually how little they've changed. So, like, the, the jump from a Game & Watch to a DS, you know, mm-hmm. would be the easy thing to point at, yeah. is relatively small. But then you get down to the nitty-gritty of, like, hang on, isn't that D-pad the same as, you know, the, the Game Boy Advance or whatever, or, or you know, close to? Mm-hmm. Um, and little things like that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's 
it is kind of um, kind of strange yeah. <laughs> seeing these things up close. I had a I had Game and Watch Gallery Three oh, for yeah. the Game Boy, mm. so the compilation sort of pack. Yeah. But not until I read this magazine. In 2023, <laughs> did I realise that's what I had, if that makes sense? Yeah, like, yeah, even yeah. though it says it. Like, <laughs> just for, I'll have had that when I was 10 or 11 years old on my Game Boy and not understood because I just didn't realise 10 years prior or 15 years prior these things existed in such mm. a quantity. And the way that they produced them in terms of that you get little, little mini sort of arcade boxes, if you will, and actual cabinets, but then some of them are like just like having a... NES controller size as well. Uh, yeah, it's just incredible that they did this. And mm. and it feels like, oh, well, you know, now that I've read this anyway, I feel like, oh, well, it's just carte blanche that someone just decides to do that. And it's just like... Oh, Copy and paste. Yeah, but... exactly. It's just like, you do what you feel. Like, isn't it? That's what it feels like. It's just, you know, like, just crack on. I, just, I don't know. It just feels like so strange that they... It, it feels really revolutionary. And I, I get that now. Yeah. I get it. Um, so that was nice to kind of get that feeling from this, really. Yeah, it's um, good. Good for a bit of historical context. Yeah, and and history that I was genuinely really interested in. Like, and I, I have previously been a person. That, so, reading retro gaming in general makes me realize how little I know about computer programming. <laughs> like, so I will just skip waves and paragraphs of general writing in retro gamer, where I'm like, I don't understand what that is. But I am interested in it. I just don't understand it. Like, as in, so, um, but I felt this was really quite accessible, this one, actually, yeah. for like, you know, as a, in terms of a, a special, like, as in, it felt like it tried to include you a bit more. Mm. Um, so it was good. I felt like I learned a lot more from this than I did a normal retro gamer because it just won't go in my tiny little brain. But at the same time, this, this doesn't feel superficial or anything like that. You know, it's no. not like it skims over everything like the, that's just seeing you get to that Atari Lynx one. You know, the some of the articles in them are actually pretty chunky. Yeah. Um and but yeah, they are um accessible's a good word, I think. Well, this the Lynx is a really good example of like you say, that something being extremely interesting. I didn't realise that Epics existed. <laughs> yeah. And they created the Lynx and then they were completely screwed over. I think pretty much by reading the article in terms of screwed out of the links so that they <laughs> they took it to Nintendo and Nintendo were like, no, look at this Game Boy we've got in this vault. You're fucked. <laughs> and they were like... Is that the one where they literally show them it in the meeting? Yeah, yeah, they were like, oh, that's the most Machiavellian thing oh, ever. a dick move, isn't that it? That is amazing. <laughs> like, you like, think that's fun? Well, yeah, no, bring your colourful links over here and <laughs> you will be crushed by this. Like, <laughs> someone literally probably just got the Game Boy and hit them over the head with it. Like, it's like something out of a nerdy version of The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> My son... <laughs> You cannot come here and disrespect me with this fucking links. That was my godfather there. Yeah, it was yeah, all right, you yeah. know. It was passable. It was passable. So, um, what else did we want to say about this? Uh, have you got anything like kind of off your top of your head? I've got a few bits and bats on notes and stuff, but um, I think it's it's the kind of thing that um, yeah, it's accessible. It covers a lot of areas, but it is the sort of thing that you know will always throw up stuff that you're kind of like, oh, I'd love to know a bit more about that. And yeah. and they don't get to it. And so you end up having to troll a load of stuff online, um, which is, you know, it's no bad thing because they can't cover everything. Um, but yeah, like it, it was um, a bit of a bit of an eye opener and a bit of a chance to, to do some learning. Um, but like you said, it, it, you know, again, seeing as you got to that Game Gear section, it's like it, mm. it just what made me want to buy more stuff. It's funny because the Game Gear doesn't appear in the top scoring handhelds, yeah, which, you I... know, is interesting. It might be just be the categories that were used by Retro Gamer that mm. maybe meant it didn't get in there. But I don't know. It, it feels like, to me, I know of Game Gears and obviously previous of the pod when you yeah, get your tiny yeah. little Game Gear out. <laughs> it's not the size, it's how you use yeah. it. <laughs> Which is weird. <laughs> it's used weirdly. It's an odd thing. Anyway, <laughs> weird fucking micro game gear. Anyway, um, but I feel like I know a lot about game gear, and maybe not that much in depth, but certainly um, I, I would have felt it had more impact or it would have scored higher, if that makes sense. I thought it would have been more of a influential 
handheld, uh, and it doesn't seem to be the case. Mm, I think um, I think you're right. I think it, it it is it does feel strange that it's not sort of high on the list. I think from what little I know about them, um, I think things like the kind of battery life and the the kind of games that it had are probably what held it back yeah um, and it's been a while since i've read the magazine so i can't remember off the top of my head um what they say about it but if i had to guess i think it was that and also the screen um i i don't recall anybody ever saying the screen's great or anything like okay. that um arguably like i i wonder if it would you know it could squeak into the bottom of the list maybe um, but yeah, I think it probably was high 30s yeah. out of 60 to be fair so I don't think it was shamed um, and it's interesting that the article um, article, sorry the book scene it, go, it goes to great lengths to um, almost it's a bit of a love letter oh, to yeah. things like I'd say Game Gear Neo Geo and Wonderswan are the three that I can think of that it feels like there's almost nearly a whole page at the end of the article saying it wasn't uh, a failure yeah. as much as you think. Yeah, because. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, you're and right. you can and you can love you can love these systems still. Yeah, and it almost made me feel like the annoyance around. I wish Game Gears were better made and didn't leak shit yeah. everywhere and die because I kind of want one because you've made me think that even no matter how, no matter how maligned something is or maybe previously not loved certainly. Um, you know, from a selling point of view, yeah. from the amount of sales that were, uh, it it doesn't matter. You could you could probably still love it and enjoy it. Yeah, you'll find something that you can get into, and you'll find something that you like. Well, and it was just I don't know. Like for example, even the game dot com. Oh, is it just a game com? I think it's game dot com. So game dot com. Even that for me, that was sort of something that I thought. Well, actually, I'd be kind of interested in actually owning like is in like so even though there's a very minimal amount of games I think there's like I think it said something there's like twenty seven games released for it. So this is the as you previously referred to, Tiger made it and it looks hand drawn on almost like an extra sketch of the game. It's like the game's been extra sketched together. And so it looks it's, awful. It looks incredible. <laughs> like, as in, I'm sorry. Like, as in, like, if I go to that article about GameCom, look, look at these things here. Like, it yeah. looks so clear on the screen to me, and right. you can tell what it is. Like, I'm isn't gonna, like going to stop you right there? <laughs> <laughs> looks so clear. Right. Have tell you... me what isn't clear about this. Yeah. Well, you're looking at it in a magazine, <laughs> <laughs> and they'd have probably got those from an emulator. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair so enough. I, I implore you to go onto YouTube <laughs> when you get home. Go on to like. Classic Game Room did a bunch of reviews of the GameCom okay. stuff. Um, go and have a look. See how much difficulty he has filming it. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. You, you don't even have to listen to the review and what he's saying. Just just see what the camera sees of those things in motion. And I think you will come away with a different opinion. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, the the, the, the sample of the Game.com that they're using in the magazine looks extremely good. It, and the, <coughs> I think they leave sort of thanks for different people who brought these uh, systems to them. Uh, they look like the, the, the best systems they've ever probably held for 20 years. But I, I get the impression that everybody that contributed probably has a complete collection of games for yeah. it or something like that. Like, well, it's, yeah, 20... if, you, if you're in the club, you yeah. are in the club, you know? <laughs> I imagine being in a really weird club with someone playing like a I game bet com- out there. in the corner. Uh yeah, just like Drake or something, just like dropping <laughs> his game.com out. Like isn't that be like that would be drip is drip okay to say, probably. <laughs> I have no idea what you're would... talking about. <laughs> What's a Drake? It's a male duck. You're using lots of words beginning with D and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm choking. Um so yeah, twenty games for the game.com, just reading that. Of which uh, one of them, Lights Out. Did you ever play the actual physical copy of Lights Out? It was a Tiger. Obviously, brought Lights it out. out. Uh, it it was like a little, ring a bell. So it was like a little grey box, and you had really lovely like little squares. Yeah, on it. really squashy, lovely squares. And basically, you would press them, and you had to obviously get all the lights out. But yeah. it would jump around. So it was basically like a Rubik's cube, but an electronic Rubik's cube. Right, right. Uh, and my sister owned one, and I would regularly sneak into her bedroom to steal it. 
Uh, like, I think like, that would be the one thing I'd go in and be like, right, I'm going to wait until she's not fucking home and I'm getting that lights out of her. Like, <laughs> just like, and not really have a clue what I was doing. But like, it tell me I was on level three. I'm like, am I? Like, I don't really understand what I'm doing, but I'm, it's so tactile. So much mm. fun. Um, yeah, and that's one of the games on game.com. And I was like, oh, like, am I going to get a really old crappy console like, for like £40 of eBay that well, you, you is get, really faded? Get a complete collection in a shoebox. Well, yeah, I mean, I wanted to um, get lights out, uh, you know, to yeah. try and find it the actual, you know, physical version like I was just talking about. Is that going to be crazy money? Or yeah, it's pretty much crazy money. It wasn't horrendous. It was hard to find one, but it was oh. like it was like fifty quid for like really? you know fifty British pounds for something that would have cost, I guess, at the time maybe thirty British pounds, and if that, it, and it was like. Poor condition. It was, it was like Someone the, battered the, the shit lights out were it. fucking out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing. It was it was a bit of a wild one. Um, so yeah, I, just the things that I would spend money on. What an awful human I am. Um, so Nintendo, they battered everybody they're, to. They're good, aren't they? They battered everyone <laughs> to absolute pieces. Um, let's talk about them because obviously our podcast is, you know, directed mostly towards. Sony, PSP, and PS Vita. general vicinity of and, Sony. And we'll come to those guys. Look, they've had their due on our podcast. They're going to get it again, you know, from this one. But, um, you know, let's just talk about the, the sheer dominance of Nintendo, over the, especially over the handheld gaming market, mm-hmm. and how they just own it. And, I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm looking... Um, this is... get I guess this gets scattered around in the magazine but um certainly the the sales if you will of just handheld consoles mm. um so if i go through i guess the the top sort of let's say top five you know and who who has them nintendo 3ds uh released in 2011 75 well 76 million call it 76 million the psp um so 2004 uh, between 80 and 82 million sales worldwide the Game Boy Advance, Advan- events, Advance? Ad- the Advance, 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 and the Game Boy Advance, two thousand one, eighty two million. So call out the same as the PSP. Then the Game Boy and Game Boy Color, which is always lumped together, and I didn't realize that until this magazine told me that they mm-hmm. always put the the Game Boy Color pocket and the actual Game Boy together. They, they Seems see like it, cheating. They but they see it as the same system, right? Um, which. It is cheating, you're correct. Uh, but even then, it, 119 million sales worldwide. And then the Nintendo DS, this shocked me. 154 million sales worldwide, released in 2004. So a couple of things about this shocked me. Number one, everyone always goes, oh, the PS2 is the best-selling console of all time. How many more million did the PS2 sell than the Nintendo DS so Nintendo DS, 154 million. How many do you think? Not many. Yeah, one million more. So who? if I'm Nintendo, I'm going back to count up those receipts again. Do you know what I mean? Like, I said, you know, what, do you get? what a like, recount. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're like, you get an exam and you're like, oh, I got a C by, you know, like I could have got a B by one mark. Oh, I'll pay the £45 for the, you know, the recount just in case. I'd be doing that if I was Nintendo. Like the Nintendo DS is just one million, I mean, obviously that sounds, is a one million, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, just one million sales less than the PlayStation 2, which is always lauded as the best-selling console of all time. Mm. I'm, I knew the DS had done very, very well, but I didn't realise it was so close to being the best-selling console ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. But like like we were saying earlier about like the, the kind of value of that sort of mainstream cutover, you know, I, I remember my friend Andrew's mum had a DS once upon a time and she would like read on it and stuff like that and occasionally mm. do like, um, you know, those kind of shovelware collections of puzzles and like crossword type things almost. And, you know, it, she would just get them. And and there were a lot of people that I think fell into a similar bracket and it was it was a, a kind of intuitive thing and arguably more so, I would think, than, than the Wii and like motion controls mm. and stuff like that. You know, you didn't have to stand up to use it. It was more like a book, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you could protect the screen by closing it, like double trouble. Uh, it, that feels like a massive selling point in a way. Like almost yeah. having a closing screen seems to have really helped the DS almost over the 
PSP. And I remember at the time thinking, I absolutely love my PSP. And obviously I bought one, so I was like, you know, going to like sing about it until the cars come home. And, and it, it was an incredible machine. It, you know, the power, the sheer raw power it had, probably versus the DS. I remember having it at university, sort of first year uni, and that was like maybe, I don't know, like a year and a half, two years by that point. And then my friend turned up with Dr. Kawashima. Oh, the brain training. The brain training. Yeah. And I was looking at it and I was thinking, God, this looks like shit, but it looks like a lot of fun. (laughs) But then the other thing as well with the DS was that it could play the Game Boy Advance games. Yeah. Um, And that as well, you know, you you could arguably say that, oh, yeah, well, those figures for the number of consoles sold could add to the GBA sales. Yeah. I mean, you'd be wrong, but (laughs) you could say it. That voice crept out there again. It did, didn't it? Yeah. I I think I use it for my mealy-mouthed cretins. (laughs) So... Speaking, I guess, really about that, and obviously you mentioned Andrew's mum, you know, and she had a DS, and me and her now have something in common, uh, and that is that I now own ah. a Nintendo DS, an original grey Nintendo <laughs> DS that can play Game Boy Advance cartridges. Nice. Uh, so th- the thing about that is, though, I got it over the weekend for £20 from a charity shop, as you used oh, to sort of dabble in the trading of gaming from a charity. It's, it looks in really good nick. Good. The issue is it didn't come with a charger. It obviously has no charge. I'm waiting for the charger to arrive from eBay, as it is obviously, it, I didn't realise this. I mean, I kind of thought it might be. It is a bespoke charger yeah, yeah. for the Advance and the DS, so you have to get the right cable. Um, not the old universal <laughs> USB. Uh, so I'm hoping that when that arrives and charges up that it actually works but it looks like it, it looks in you know it's barely got a scratch or anything on it i was really shocked when it turned up yeah especially because for 20 pounds that including postage i've got the best selling second best selling game console of all time that i've not really dabbled in and i'm not gonna lie like i i will use this for emulations and homebrews i think because mm. i've I, I'm not necessarily, I, I'm not, that's a world I've not lived in. And I feel like I want to now a little bit live in that as legally as I can, mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, so I want to see what's out there, and especially in terms of homebrews and things like that, like yeah, people yeah, yeah. have made legitimately mm-hmm. um, and sort of see what that looks like on a DS as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, this might become living le DS. That's a stretch. Dance? No. <laughs> of life? <laughs> We're going to do it. We sing, we dance. Doing the dance of life, and I wish he'd stop. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of my room. Oh, well. So, like, with the the DS as well, because I I bought myself one a a few years ago. You told me not to. Yeah, I know I told you not to. And and the reason I told you not to is because I bought one and then promptly modded it to be a giant Game Boy Advance. Mm. And, like, I I could count on one hand the number of DS games that I've played, and I've been like, okay, cool, I'm going to hang on to that. But the Game Boy Advance like, is legitimately one of my favourite consoles of all time. Mm. So in a toss-up between being able to play Game Boy Advance games on a slightly bigger screen or playing DS games, I know which way I'm leading. Yeah. So, I know, but like, I guess that... I, it's, it's just it's an era that I miss out on. I just chose not to imbibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was a home console person, and... I had my Game Boy Pocket, and I was like, right, no, and then I just went straight to PSP after that. There was a stretch of years where you call it six, seven years, where actually, I mean, what shocks me, and we'll get, we may as well get onto the Game Boy Advance now, especially since you sort of are saying it's one of my favourite consoles of all time, mm. how short the lifespan of the Game Boy Advance was, in so much that the, the original, um, I guess, Game Boy Advance, was, I think it was like a year and a half, two years before they made it an SP, and they had the, and they had the flip yeah, screen. Yeah. And then they then brought the DS in 2004. So if you think about that then, like Game Boy Color being out sort of 299, 2000 or whatever it was, that it feels like a very short window of yeah. time for something that you're saying is your favourite console, one of your favourite consoles yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's just interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, it, I, I'm not saying it isn't, and there's no reason why you shouldn't have a lot, short lifespan and, and be amazing. I think for for me, it's a couple of things. It's because um, it was right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it just it came into my life at the right point, um, and I could invest the time sunshine in it. Of <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I had friends who played it as well, 
so you could do the multiplayer stuff. Yeah. Um, but also, um, that that first sort of run of Game Boy Advance is 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 like we were saying about the DS could also go back and play the old Game Boy games, which I had a stack of anyway. So for me, it was kind of like a, a bit of an upgrade to what was almost a, a snares. Yeah. Um, but I could still play my old Game Boy games. Um, mm. And I just really like the form factor of that, like, Mark One Game yeah, Boy Advance. I, I, I really like it. Yeah, I, um, I'm disappointed that they... I mean, I, I understand why they felt they had to move away from that in terms of what they did with mm. the SP and... And things and having a folding Definitely. screen also, yeah. um, but looking at it now, yeah, it looks special. But I'm pretty sure if you go through my collection of stuff, I w- I would put good money. Uh, hang on, let me think about this. Yeah, no, I would. I would. Have put... you got good money? No, but <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> <laughs> if you were to go through my collection, I'm I'm quietly confident that it would be Game Boy Advance games that you managed to find the most ways to play. Mm-hmm. So like I've I've got however many Game Boy Advance consoles I've got a Game Boy Advance player for the GameCube I've, and and I've modded that DS and I've got a Game Boy Micro and all that so I'm pretty sure of, of all the things in my collection the Game Boy Advance games are the things that you could most easily play yeah. if you like um, which is not deliberate <laughs> <laughs> but now now I think about it it totally makes sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no fair enough. And it's got some games on it that I genuinely really, really like. <laughs> like yeah. and so yeah, like I, I would um I would encourage anybody thinking of taking the plunge to to definitely, definitely explore that library. Uh, and so but you're saying you should own a Game Boy Advance rather than a Nintendo DS? Not necessarily. Like oh, right, if okay. if you've got the DS and it can run the Game Boy Advance games, sure. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a Game Boy Advance, I'm hoping it can. <laughs> you can go back and play the original Game Boy. You can play Tetris on it. Yeah. You know, original Tetris um, and all that kind of stuff. So for me, I would rather go from Game Boy Advance back that extra generation rather than DS and back that generation to Game Boy Advance. If that makes sense. Yeah. Fair enough. And there's a top 25 of Game Boy Advance games in here. Yep. Uh, number one, Metroid Fusion. Yep. Uh, Advance Wars. I've heard so many good things about Advance Wars and people wanting more Advance Wars in their lives at all times. Never played it. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's good. Really good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Cool. And is there anything that you remember as a specific memory? Anything uh, that you know? The... Castlevania up there, Harrier of Sorrow. Um, Castlevania I, bitch. I am, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. We, 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 when we started this project, knowing you'd so... I, yeah, like the Castlevania bitches into it. I I didn't know until we started doing this. Um, but Astro Boy, um, and there was a follow up to Gunstar Heroes as well. So cool. Treasure did a couple of really really good things on it as well. Cool. Um, WarioWare. Uh, so yeah, like there, there's a lot of really really good games in there. Mm, excellent. Um, and I'm just thinking then, just kind of like we started talking about the best selling um, handheld consoles of all time. Um, something kind of popped into my head that. I was thinking about you know the, the worst ones as well, and thinking about the bottom of the list. And these these are also catered for in this magazine, which is I really appreciate that. Even if mm. <coughs> excuse me, some of them only get a double page spread, and some of them get whole articles. But you know, you look at the, the N gauge. So I remember the Nokia N gauge existing. I remember that you used to go into gaming shops, and it would be there on the sort of a sample yeah. stand, and you could play Tony Hawk on it. <laughs> Um, and and I was I genuinely at the time thought I not that I was a massive wide thinker of this, but I thought this is going to change the world almost in, in my mm. brain. I was like, wow, this is a game, you know, a, a phone that plays games. Who did who would have seen? Who would have thought what it? Sorcery is this? Yeah, no. And here I am with a phone that plays games and <laughs> looks. What sorcery yeah. is this? <laughs> but at the same time, though, and I, I've talked about the the Razor Kishi before, and and I kind of just almost do that. Now, like, is in like, but yeah. just with you know, I clip something onto my phone and instead of holding it sideways or whatever, yeah, that was the, just the problem, it. wasn't it? It was, yeah. it just looked with the buttons and it was that was a bit weird, wasn't it? Like, seeing that article that you had to take the battery out to change games or something, yes, like that as well. yeah, that's I mean, that's an oversight, isn't yeah, it? I know that's just someone's fucked up like big time <laughs> on the way, don't they? Like, in, they've released it and gone, oh no, oh, like, you put the battery oh. where. <laughs> 
Jeff in accounts oh, Jeff. who got run over Look. earlier in Burnout Legends. That is in, you know, like from he went from working with Nokia Engage to the Forestry Commission, and that's why I ran him over. Um, <laughs> the crimes against Engage. Um, Are you okay? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so. Are you actually okay? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Uh, the Neo Geo Pocket. And colour is the second yeah. worst handheld of all time. I which... really want one. Yeah, it's meant to be yeah. really good. <laughs> so much so that I've actually gone and picked... Because they've got a couple of collections on the Switch. Mm. Um, so I've actually treated myself to one of the collections. Okay. And, um, uh, like, they're, they're good. They're really good games. Um, but the, the thing that kind of gets my attention, especially as an, an unabashed lover of arcade stuff, thumbstick that's clicky. You know, mm. micro switched thumbstick. Mm-hmm. Um, so like eight bit do, eight bit do, eight bit do. Um, have the uh, the Neo Geo um, controller. Um, I think it's the Neo Geo CD or something like that. But yeah. also clicky thumbstick. Um, and so I thought between getting that and getting the Neo Geo Pocket Collection. It's kind of like I've got one. Yeah, I think you probably made the right move there. Then. Yeah, I think like, I, I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, I mean, like I know that they they were made. I know, again, something that I've learned from this, you know, this magazine is that they were made by a company called SNK. Yep. I see SNK floating around in games where it's like a fighting game. It's like someone versus SNK, and now I know who SNK yeah. are. Like, <laughs> Like, you're oh, gonna fucking learn yeah, who yeah. SNK are. Yeah, Come no. in this house and say you don't know who SNK I are. I don't know who SNK are. Jeez. I mean, you know, well, nobody you're did. Like, when... I don't make you go sit in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really mean. It's cold out. I've got this cold. I mean, the Orbisol's wearing off. Uh, and then the worst selling, less than a million, uh, the Atari Lynx, as previously yeah. discussed, that it was. The there. Epix links that then became the Atari links when the Atari went, it's ours now, mate. <laughs> but then I think they probably regretted that it became theirs almost in a way. But I, I, I can't help but think that between like the, because um, they had a couple of Lynx collections on Evercade, mm-hmm. and also there's some Lynx games in the Atari 50 collection that's doing rounds on consoles at the moment. And I wonder if you totted those three games up. Mm-hmm. Would you have more sales than actual Lynxes That's, in the uh, wild? That would be interesting, wouldn't it? I, I can't help but think that maybe you do. Yeah, you, you probably. I would I would say so. I mean, the only game that I kind of noticed off their sort of perfect top 10 games for the Lynx and stuff, the only one I've really kind of played before is Lemmings, and that's just a port to the Lynx that is in. But And it looks like Lemmings in every other console. I'll tell you what, though, looking at that list, because um, I've got one of these collections on Evercade, um, Blue Lightning is on it. It looks um, really good from the screenshot. It's genuinely really impressive. Mm. And I can only imagine that sitting there when this thing came out and playing on it would have been like genuinely mind-blowing. Mm. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's really impressive. And to have the forethought to think that you could play it left-handed or right-handed as well, looking at the yeah. console itself, you could flip it over because... They gave you enough buttons to do that with. That was, I mean, that's there's all sorts of fun stuff really like that. Cool, handhelds. This is what makes handhelds fun, though. Is is that kind of stuff, or like the Wonder Swan, where you could play it in Tate mode to play oh, your, yeah. your shmups and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, flip it um, to to portrait, um, and you know, you fast forward to the Evercade EXP and stuff like that with the little button that does the same job um, mm. and a couple of extra buttons, um, and it, it's all those little innovations that I really like about handhelds. Yeah. Definitely feels like that's a great word to use. Like they are innovative, yeah. And it seems to be. I mean, this is probably me just you know, saying it out loud what I feel inside that you know might not be factual, but it's always like you mean you an know, opinion, yeah. Oh, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get to a word here, Rich. Clearly, <laughs> and my opinion is. <laughs> Maybe I've never had an opinion before. Oh God, it's like all those people on YouTube that insist that addicting is a word. No, the word is fucking addictive. We've got a word. It's working fine. Uh, so my opinion is that... What was I saying? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was the handhelds, it does feel to be like the area that you get the most growth out of gaming the quickest. I, I don't know why Ooh, that interesting. is, yeah. but they're just seem to develop quicker and quicker and 
um, certainly have over time to me in my head. And you look at the jump up to, you know, rounding back off to the PSP and the PS Vita and seeing such power drilled yeah. down into a handheld console not long after the, the I guess, you know, the PSP, what, 2004? And mm. you think that five years prior to that, you were looking at the graphics that you had on a Game Boy. That is in the end, the tail end of a Game Boy. You know, like I know that's sort of continuing the, the timeline yeah. a little bit, but certainly that is in that... That's incredible to think that that growth within that period of time, you kind of go through the Game Boy Advance, the Neo Geos, all those things into a PSP. All right, let me build on that then, because I think you're onto something. So Hooray! <laughs> could, could you argue then that... Say, for, for a fair chunk of these handheld sort of collective lifespan, a big part of the drive was to like make it more like home consoles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of get to that point. We'll call it around the PSP kind of era. It's a very crude generalization, but we'll go with it. Um, and then you kind of have this whole, okay, well, we've kind of caught up to them now. What else can we do with the form? And that's where you get your kind of Vitas and your DSs and your Ooh. touch screens. And, and then you start to go down that route. And then they're like, Fuck smartphones! <laughs> like, <laughs> what do we do? How do we how do yeah. we differentiate it? And then you get to now where you you kind of have the switch that kind of brings all this stuff together and kind of becomes its own thing. And so, where do you go from there? So that we, we've done such a great segue into something we wanted to speak. Have yeah, we? no, well done. Oh us. my god! Who thought it was going to wow, happen? Very, and and it took us nearly a year. <laughs> and the conversation I wanted to have really was around the switch, but also the um. The Quest as well, which we've talked about previously oh, yeah, yeah. here as well. Yeah. Which, look, I'm not... I know I'm stretching the boundaries of, the, you know, <laughs> like, of everything in the world, obviously. <laughs> you know, I'm a real front runner there. Um, but, like, the idea that the Quest, now that it is untethered from what it was when it was, you know, tethered. <laughs> what was it called? Previous, not the... It was not Oculus Rift, thank you. Right. Uh, and, that was helpful. Then. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so... And you look at the Switch, yep. and these come under when you try to look it up, I guess, really. Are they handheld? Are they a home console? They're kind of a, they're a hybrid, because that's, right. I think, the only part of the market that game consoles, if they want to be handheld or portable, can live in, in the world of the smartphone. Okay. Um, and you look at how many sales the Switch has had so far, then. So since 2017, 132 million. Mm-hmm. So that would slot it in, in the handheld world, you know, firmly in at number two, more than the Game Boy. I don't personally see the Switch as a handheld console per se. I get why you call it a hybrid. Mm. Um, I feel like it, with just the Joy-Cons on it, like it feels like it would, you know, I don't want to take it out too much. Like I feel like it's going to break. But a Switch Lite, for example, mm-hmm. that, is in, that is a genuine handheld console. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just interesting to see where we're at with it and where games developers and console developers will go next to think, how do we keep things portable, but not smartphones? And can they do that? I mean, it it will be interesting, but I just want to present a counterpoint quickly. The switch is absolutely a handheld. (sighs) The switch is absolutely and definitely a handheld and anything VR is not. Okay. Tethers or, or not. But why? But why? Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. So, Switch. um, You'd play it on a bus. VR, you would not. At least currently. (laughs) So if you can't play it on fucking public transport, (laughs) it's not a handheld. Also, and this is a a bit of a crucial point that I think is often overlooked with this sort of thing, the the Switch's guts are effectively mobile. Like, it's a a mobile chipset in it like the graphics the the processor all that kind of stuff they're they're mobile versions they're not the the quote-unquote full fat sort of console ones Mm -hmm. and so i think those the fact that it's got like a mobile cpu call it um and you can play it on a fucking bus yeah (laughs) i think instantly makes it a handheld i mean that should have really been in the um it probably was actually to be fair in the advertisement when it first came out you just like you know the switch you can play it on a fucking bus yeah i i wouldn't play a meta quest on a bus um i would love to see it happen don't get me wrong like i could get some beat saber i can see a future where you get to the point where the devices themselves are compact enough 
and the the way they can track your movements are sophisticated enough, mm -hmm. you know, that you can get the form factor down to say glasses size. Mm. Sure. Yeah. You know, as long as you don't have to flail about like an idiot to, to do whatever, and you've got a bit of um, space, I could totally see them being more portable, but I could also see if that is the case, I could see them being marketed as a portable version of a meta quest or, or whatever. So yeah. rather than, MetaQuest 4. It's smaller now. Yeah. You know, that, that sort <laughs> of thing. Which is kind of what happened with the MetaQuest 3 well, so yeah, far. basically. Um, but it's more powerful, so, same thing. <laughs> so that, that would be my argument, is that I think VR, by its nature, at the moment, is inherently tied to maybe not the, the TV or a console, Ooh. but your property. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and it certainly is that, isn't it? So owning a MetaQuest 2, like, even going outside in natural sunlight yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, that is in, like, I thought go. that it would... It didn't. It did not enjoy Instantly it very well. Instantly means that it's not handled, yeah. and that and that's fine. Like I, I mean, I was not opening up a genuine like conversation necessarily. Well, you've got like, one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like I, I kind of at one point was thinking, how do I even come drum up an argument on this? And I knew that there wouldn't necessarily be one. I just wanted to. <laughs> I just much like the internet, like through addicting. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> But like, it, just interestingly enough, though, that is in just talking about the um, the Oculus Quest Meta Quest. Um, the first Quest um, only sold like it was like literally like five hundred thousand, huh. um, whereas the Quest Two has sold twenty million. Like, so actually, well, it's I mean, a pretty good uptick. Yeah, so it's yeah. not. It will agree. Ali will bend to your will. Uh, it is not a handheld console, but if it was slotted in there, it would be. You know, it would have sold more than the Vita so far. Do you know what I mean? Like, which That's is interesting, interesting. enough. Yeah, yeah. Quite, you know, by quite a significant amount. You know, by yeah. at least five million more. But it would be massively underneath Game and Watch, which yeah. sold like forty-three million. So, I mean, you know, it's still quite a successful thing that is a different sort of hybrid system mm. where we kind of are in the, you know, the world of trying to develop things that you can move around. You okay. can play on a bus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's fucking portable. I get that, but at the same time. It is different from sitting on your home console, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I do. It's wonder, developmental. Yeah, I could. I could imagine that we might get to the stage where you almost have to count VR headset sales as their own thing. You yeah. know, or, or that kind. Of, I guess it's the same problem that you'd have with the old charts when they started moving away from CDs and towards streaming and stuff like that. And they're like, "Fuck, how do we count?" You did that thing that um, old people do, where yeah. they arch their eyebrows. I and remember say, an oh, old format. The, the charts arch your eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> the charts. So very quickly to finish up then, yep. um, favourite handheld console of all time? Game Boy Advance. Just, yeah, I thought it would be. Yeah. I thought that would be the yeah. answer. You'd already kind of answered that a little bit anyway. Um, yeah, what about you? I, I'm going to be honest, that is, and I don't feel like I had tethered enough emotion into a, a handheld console before. I'm still undecided about what my favourite handheld of all time is. I don't I'm Ooh. I'm not like I'm not doing that to be like, oh I'll sit on the fence and not say something. Like as in you, you know that by now that I wouldn't do that. It's just that I I, I haven't made my mind up yet. No. And, and I feel like And this is the journey we're on. Yeah exactly. Yeah. I've invited a DS into my life for the first time, hopefully from this week. So that'll be something where I've not owned a Nintendo handheld since I owned my Game Boy. I mean, if I was going to have a, a couple in my mind, it would be the Game Boy versus the PSP. That mm. is, and that would probably yeah. be where I'm at. Which is, you know, like, is it a, a fair battle? I mean, it, they're both handheld consoles, mm. and we're talking about them battling each other. So, you know, it would have to be. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're so vast and different handheld consoles that it's good to be able to talk about all of them, really. Yeah, so. and like the magazine kind of alluded to, you know, you hit the nail on the head earlier. Like it kind of doesn't matter how how many they sold or, or what's in there. Like chances are, someone loves one of them. Yes, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. And all we know is that I love Mister Game and Watch. Jesus. There we go. Uh, so uh, we are not sponsored by Retro Gamer, but Retro Gamer sponsor us. I do just answer our calls, pick up the phone <laughs> to Rich, and let Mister Turnover here know that you love him. <laughs> I mean, he pays you three or four pounds a month for a subscription, so don't be dicks. Uh, you know, we love you. Call us. <laughs> You're so, so full on there at the end. Well, you know, <laughs> don't, don't listen to him, guys. It's okay. He doesn't mean it. I still love you. 
<laughs> so thank you very much for Keep listening. Up the good work. We will put the link for buying the uh, the magazine into our bio and our blurbs and our socials, etc. If you do fancy reading it, we definitely would recommend it. It's not an affiliate link. We're getting no money from oh, this. Man, like, in, you know, <laughs> if only. Come on, there must be a way of doing it. Even if this slung as a Pokemon mini, micro, whatever we'll call it. That thing. The Tamagotchi Pokemon. <laughs> thank you very much, guys, for listening. Cheers. See you next week. Bye.